0: we
1: podcast i'm jacob birch the dodgers are one and one in the playoffs after going one and one since we last recorded they are tied in the <laughs> nlds this isn't as an impressive a way to open the show in the playoffs eric
0: i will say yeah like look man they're a 500 team right now what can you say
1: Yeah, <laughs> just perfectly average uh tale of two games we're going to talk about both we're going to look at the next games ahead kind of pick off some highlights and maybe talk about some things that we've definitely noticed going on in the twitter verse all that after this so you and i recorded a couple of the nights ago and we basically said looking t- towards the nationals that they're uh average ish kind of across the board except below average um mightily in the bullpen but very very above average when it comes to three starting pitchers and that the dodgers were massive favorites when those three um, weren't pitching and maybe slight dogs maybe worse uh when they were and I think we nailed it.
0: I think so. Uh, it, <laughs> and not not just below, like they're like worst in the majors, bad bullpen wise. Yes. And like uh, it, I'll just as a as a quick tease, the they showed like their desperation in that like uh, in their so like if you count their wild card game, like uh, you know they use Strasburg in relief for three innings in the wild card game. Well, that's a winner-take-all game. It's, it's you know that it, things get crazy in those type of games. They use Scherzer in relief in Game Two, um, so like they're you they're using their uh, three-headed monster of a starting unit as often as humanly possible at this point.
1: And you could see the flip side of that on just how bad they are when it's not those three guys. When in Game One, a very close game, they have to go to the pen to try to keep it close, and you go to Fernando Rondi and Hunter Strickland.
0: Yeah. I, well, I, like i I mean, like I saw the rosters come out, but I think I sort of glossed over them, and I guess I haven't been paying enough attention to the Nationals because I legit was like, oh, they have Fernando Rodney. <laughs> like, you know, this is a bad thing to admit uh, as a as a baseball writer. But like, I was like, oh, that's where he is. I mean, I think I knew he was still around, and like, but yeah, I was like, okay, yeah. So that's kind of funny.
1: So let's let's just kind of talk quickly about both games. Let's. Do you want to go in reverse order? I always feel like we should start with the bad news. Maybe because I'm so depressed. Uh, you and I got on the call to do the, do the podcast today, and the first thing I said to you is that that game was really good, right? Talking about game two.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Like the playoffs will like um, sort of put you through the ringer. Like you know, just like your stomach will be a knots. You'll, and like even on in games that your the team you're rooting for is winning, like you'll feel like you just like sat in a sauna for like three hours or something when you're done with it. Cause you're just like exhausted or like, Oh my God, that's crazy. Uh, but yeah. And so it gets like that. Like there, there are times when you feel like desperation, like there were, um, there were times definitely in game two for that, for the Dodgers, but then like hope and then like, Oh, and then disappointment. Like, you know, or like it, it's just kind of this weird, you're always, this like constant nervousness that, that sort of, uh, Endemic, I think, in the playoffs.
1: I think it kind of went away in Game One when Gavin Lux hit the home run, and because like by the time Jock was you know fouling balls off to Mars, uh, oh, I was feeling yeah. like I was enjoying it like I would a regular season game. It, it, the kind of the stress was off at that point. Um, that it that never left in Game Two.
0: No, yeah, for sure. Like uh, <laughs> the Jock foul ball was crazy. Like, uh, and then he followed it with like just an absolute rocket of a home run. That, like if it didn't hit the foul pole it like might have like left the earth somehow uh it was just just uh yeah I don't know like so are we are we going game two first or should we yeah, let's, do let's that? start
1: with game two I think that's what <laughs> game one's gonna be fairly quick Dodger's are good um Walker Bueller good but game two I think there's that's that I'm sure is what I'm still reeling from I'm sure our listeners are still
0: re- reeling from let's unpack it a little bit. Okay, so uh, I guess a big takeaway for me. Well, A, Steven Strasburg was great. Like, he was magnificent, right? Like um, This is really interesting
1: because your first two points are he was pitching. You know, Strasburg was really, really good. And the Dodgers offense was really, really bad. It's interesting to try and figure out where is that line. (laughs) Yes, How much of this is the Dodgers being bad versus Strasburg just being phenomenal?
0: Well, so if we just go back to our preview where we said, look, this is an awful lot like the 2017 um, NLDS where Arizona like completely spent their two starters, uh, top two starters going in in the wild card game. And then um, but then we said, well, Patrick Corbin's better than Taiwan Walker because the Dodgers jumped all over him. And much. And better then that proved the Dodgers, to be right. Yeah. Right. And then so um, and but then like Steven Strasburg played the Robbie Ray role. Robbie Ray was who like absolutely owned the Dodgers that year. He had like fifty something strikeouts in five starts. Um, Strasburg, same deal on two days rest. He pitched three dominant innings in the wild card game, uh, but he only threw thirty four pitches. But like still, two days rest after that. That's a rough. That's a rough go. And he was like, we were like, I uh, uh, was sitting next to Kyle Glazer of uh, Baseball America. And he said, uh, at some point in the game, he's like, he's throwing a no-hitter tonight. Like, <laughs> that's how good he looked. And he had a perfect game into the fifth. Um, Will Smith got the single, but we were laughing. We we're like, in a way that like saves Dave Martinez because it would have been a stretch to push uh, Strasburg all nine, especially since he pitched three innings like, you know, uh, three days prior. And uh, But like, he was so good. But uh, if you sort of get like, balance it out like he obviously gets credit for such a great performance see he, he struck out 10 in six innings and they didn't really score on him until the sixth um, but I, I'm just looking at the um the the stat cast sort of uh, breakdown of the game and like that you could look at a way you could look at pitchers for each side and it shows like a little like the dot placement where all the pitches were relative to the strike zone and obviously it's not perfect because not all the strike zones are the same but just a quick count of this, like, and it doesn't say which ones are swinging or taken, but he got 22 total strikes on pitches that were outside of the strike zone. And even if you want to be generous and say the ones that like actually touch part of the line, so you could say it, it was a borderline strike. If you take those away, I think it looks like he has 18 strikes on pitches out of strike zone. And like one of the Dodgers' like main things this year uh, uh, is how they've gotten better over the last three years. A couple years is how they don't chase, you know, as much. They're like the best team in the league at not chasing and they chased a lot. Like, um, uh, against the against Strasbourg. So like that was that was huge in like keeping them off balance. And they ended up striking out seventeen times in the whole game. Um so yeah, like overwhelming performance by Strasbourg, but also the offense like contributing to that somehow. I don't you never know if it's like if it's nervousness, if it's just bad day or what but that's that's just a good great problem. pitcher being great sometimes that just oh happens. Right. i mean he had drink. he had like multiple like pitches working in addition to his fastball and like man so i mean you, just have, you sometimes you just have to tip your cap but then that's the thing we talked about uh, being in a short series they're gonna have to face him again if he goes yep. game five i'm pretty sure so uh you, you have to solve that at some point like you you might you could you can get away with it by winning the next two games in washington um and avoid Strasburg again but like that's a you know it's a rough ask so that's that's the danger of these like a five game series so there you go
1: we're going to cover I think a little bit of game one when we talk about sort of the rationale between what the way the rotation was set and then what it's going to look like going forward let's just jump onto the other side we've kind of praised Strasburg a lot how how bad has the dodgers offense been and do you see any hope kind of coming coming from the ashes as we move on to washington
0: they're dead no I'm oh. um, yeah no uh, yeah i don't know like it, it's <laughs> i think we got asked this a few times is there any, what can stop the dodgers in october it's like a they could just not hit right like that that was like the main thing cuz they really haven't hit the last two world series and, like, we're, we're only, like, again, stressed. We're talking about two games. So, like.
1: in one if, game where, and again, I think, honestly, between both games, when it wasn't Corbin Scherzer-Strasburg pitching for the Nationals, the Dodgers looked like the Dodgers.
0: Right. Uh, so, in, th- in two games, they're hitting 190, 288, 365. So, take of that what you will. They scored eight total runs. So, four runs a game. Not terrible, but, like you know, it's Jekyll and Hyde at this point, because it was six in one game and two in the other, but they only got, um, three total runs off the starters and then five off the bullpen. So that you know, look at where you just, you got to get into that bullpen basically.
1: Okay. So how bad have they been? Give me some numbers here, Eric. Uh,
0: Okay. So like the main thing that stuck with me was like, I don't think AJ Pollock should bat third in this lineup. Like, uh, (laughs) He, he batted third against Steven Strasburg basically because he was seven for 14 lifetime with four extra base hits. I think two of them, two home runs or something, or maybe it was two home runs and a double and a triple. Um, Mike Pedriella, I think tweeted something like about how, you know, like matchup stats, you don't necessarily go off those, but he like his, his last like seven balls in play were all like a hundred or like near a hundred miles an hour or higher. Like he's basically been crushing the ball. off him. I get it. But that said like, man, like, uh, it's a rough go when he's the third hitter. And, like, through two games, he's over eight with six strikeouts. So, like, and a walk. So, that's tough. Like, uh, they had uh, Seager batting seventh against Strasburg. I get it against the lefty, but, like, against Strasburg, that's rough. I, I don't, And I don't get why they try to – it seemed like they were trying to uh, distance – no, because they had Bellinger and Muncie back-to-back. But, like, they only have – Sean Doolittle as a left-hander in the bullpen. So, like, it's not like... And plus, all those guys can hit lefties anyway. So, you you don't you shouldn't be that worried about, like, some sort of late-game maneuver. I don't think Seager should be batting as low as seventh. I don't think Pollock should be batting third. Um, that said, Corey Seager also, like, it really <laughs> comes down to, like, big stars, like, not hitting. Uh, Corey Seager's one of them. He, uh, he had a nine-pitch strikeout to end the game with the bases loaded. In game two, he's 1-for-8 with three strikeouts. Cody Bellinger um, is 0-for-6 with four strikeouts. He's walked twice. And then, uh, you know, look, you it's hard to, like, glean anything off postseason, but, like, just look at Corey Seager's career. Like, we'll, we'll do him first, right? 28 postseason games, 118 plate appearances. Again, that's basically like a month, right? Like, maybe a, a heavy month of playing time. 208, 280, 340. Not very good. Three home runs. Uh, Cody Ballinger, 132 plate appearances, 33 games. 164, 227, 320. So like uh, he was okay. So NLCS in 2017, he was he hit 318. He was seven for 22. He hit a home run, two doubles. Really good. Since then, uh, one, two, three, four. This is his fifth series his highest OPS, uh, it, it was 591 for any of those series since. So like you got to hit man. Like he, I know he had the 17 strikeouts in the 2017 world series. That was a record. Like he's cut, he's done better in that regard since. but like it, you know, it's one of these, not, I don't really care so much about like the narrative because people are going to say what they're going to say. But like, if you just, if you keep having games like this, that's never going away. Right. Like, You have to hit at some point. Like, at some point, the Dodgers, like, stars have to hit. Um, and those are two of their stars. So, like, it would be cool if those guys were actually hitting. Um, so I don't know. That's, those are, like, the three that stood out. muncy has been really good. He hit a mammoth home run in game two. He had the break open, uh, two run single in game one that made it went from a two nothing game to a four nothing game. And again, that was off, um, uh, off the bullpen, so uh, Turner's been pretty good. He's two for eight. He had a double. He started the rally in the ninth on on Friday in Game Two, um, but then they left the bases loaded. Um, Jock Peterson had the mammoth home run. He also doubled. Um, so, like I don't, know, but it, like I said, it's two games. Like you hope things are going to come around. But, two
1: games where right. I know I'm belaboring this point at right now, but where two of Strasburg and Corbin, especially are two of the best pitchers against the Dodgers. And so they're, they keep doing their thing, but that's the thing, right? The nationals came in here, are their stars, here's what they've done in the past. And they're doing that. Um, and then trying to mask the deficiencies and the Dodgers have these great, also have great starters. One of whom did pretty good. One of them didn't. And this great offense and that great offense needs to maybe not be regular season. Great. Cause you're going against these great pitchers, but needs to be better than the numbers you just gave
0: us yeah like they just the occasional hit right yeah like uh, the, uh, you know like uh, a, a clutch hit or something like that that'd be great um I, like yeah I, I guess um the other thing too we keep saying well it is just it is just two games but that's the postseason yeah. right like it, like you do two this, more of that no matter what like the most this series can go is five games so we'll look back and it'll be like look you can't really judge much on five games but guess what your season it depends on it so like You know, at at some point, you have to sort of have that come through. Like, so, yeah, they need to hit. Um, And then (laughs) they're probably going to... They haven't officially announced yet, but, like, they're probably going to start Scherzer in Game 3. Like, it would be a shock if they didn't. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, like... Just, I think game just, four yeah. is
1: gonna be really interesting for the Nationals. So we can get right into sort of rotation yeah. stuff and we'll start with the Nationals. Yeah. Uh, I, I would be again, Scherzer just didn't pitch that much um in game two yesterday. So I would be shocked if he doesn't one pitch in game three and then outside of him laying an egg, and even if even bad Scherzer I think is gonna look closer kinda of what like Clayton Kershaw looked like yesterday, where he'll be fine. Um they shouldn't need to do anything too distressful, but that means game four I think becomes really interesting presumably they would start Anibal sanchez but yes. at any point uh is it just animal sanchez in the bullpen or do those other two guys find a way to get a side session in
0: I I would say Corbin would be available in a game four because like uh it would be three days rest for him but like definitely available out of the bullpen and but, then they like
1: come. is he available for short and then he's also going to start game five
0: no, Strasburg, I would bet money no matter what. Strasburg yeah, that makes starting sense. That makes sense. It's, it's full rest for the game two starter. Um, so, like, yeah. So, like, Corbin will be available at least in game four, maybe in game three. But, like, I think it would be more likely in game four, like, if Anibal Sanchez is struggling and he only goes, like, four or something and you just have Corbin pick up the slack. Um, but, like, yeah, I don't know. We um, – I guess so. Scherzer, like the not quite Strasburg level, but um, he had he sort of struggled in the wild-card game. He struggled. Early. He he basically, like you mentioned, uh, you know, struggled early. He he ended up giving up three runs in five innings in the wild card game, and then Strasburg came in. But then he so he pitched again Friday, also on two days rest. Like Strasburg, Strasburg obviously started, so it's bigger. But Scherzer was awesome, man. Like. Uh, he came in and struck out all three batters in the eighth, like like he was the world's in best like setup man. Like,
1: yeah, so ridiculous.
0: And he and he was like pumping it up there. I think he, it was like ninety eight, ninety nine, if, if I'm not mistaken. And so he was absolutely pumped up. Um, so that was like an uber uh, bullpen session. But like we were talking about this, like I think we're, I I'm, I'm sh- short stripping uh, Corbin here a little bit. But like so far, um, <laughs> excuse me uh the nationals in this series have pitched 17 innings and scherzer and strasburg have pitched seven and then if you go back to the wild card game um they pitched eight of the nine so like they're at uh, that's 15 out of 26 it's over half um in the 2017 nlds where the the nationals came up just short um to the cubs um and that's where scherzer had a bad relief appearance in game five um and he ended up giving up a bunch of runs, and they lost. But that in, that series, the Nationals really relied on those two. They pitched almost half. It was 21 in the third innings out of 44. Uh, but then I was looking back at the another like coming up short is the Dodgers in the 2015 NLDS against the Mets, also go, going five. That was the year Grinke and Kershaw were like a three-headed monster with Arietta for the Cy Young. Like All three had like all-time great seasons. Sure, Kershaw struck out. 300 Grinke had like a 170 RA and those two pitched uh, 27 and a third innings out of the 44. So 62% of the series and they still, the Dodgers still lost in five games. So like it's a, it's a tough ask to like rely on two guys. Corbin mitigates that a little bit because he's really good. Um, But like that's, that's going to be a, the, the sort of um, the Dodgers just have to sort of endure that, right? And and pounce on every you have a pounce on everybody else, but also like you just have to like make them limit limit as the innings like, those guys yeah, get you, like make like, them work maybe, or whatever. Maybe you
1: can make you can get a win or a, or two out of the next three games only pouncing on everyone else, but that's a risky risky proposition. That's a tightrope you're on. You have to solve at least one of those other three, otherwise I don't see the Dodgers winning this series.
0: Right, that's right. I think you have to have a game where you get get one of them out of there after five innings or something, where their pitch counts just crazy high. In game one, you're... I
1: think. Game one, I think, is the formula. I think the Dodgers were probably looking for, like, sure that like Corbin looked good against the Dodgers. He had kind of a rough first inning, threw too mm-hmm. many pitches, and had to leave early. Um but largely dominated the Dodgers. Dodgers didn't really get a lot going outside of that first inning, but they chased him early enough that they got meaningful innings from everyone else. And I think two of the next three games have got to look like that. I agree. So we're going to take a, a quick, quick break here. And then we're going to talk about the Dodgers side of the pitching. So Walker Bueller, talk to me of a Walker Bueller. I want, I need something good to think about.
0: Okay. So the Dodgers went with, um, I think that's another thing we talked about. Like, what are they going to do rotation wise? Like,
1: and we settled you know, on we we thought it would be uh, Ryu to start game one, but we would not be surprised if Walker Bueller got the call.
0: Yeah, because like just if, when it comes down to it, like brass tacks, like Bueller has the best stuff by far on the staff, and like the the highest ceiling. Like he he's going to give you the wow start like more often, but also maybe might have a clunker in there. He's the most volatile, but also the the best probably so um like and he was very good like and if you look at it he's like sort of build it building up uh, a nice little run of these like he had i know he gave up the grand slam last year to acuna in the atlanta series but he had he started the game 163 won that pitching scoreless ball he pitched an awesome game in game three of the world series and then hanley jensen blew it um and then max once he ended up winning that game in 18 but, like, and then you add this on there. He had six scoreless innings. Um, I think he struck out eight. Um, looked awesome. Uh, very much, like, des- like showed he was deserving of the game one start. And, like, that sort of played out. And then it was basically, as we guessed, like, um, with Kershaw pitching that Sunday in relief, like, he was going to be the game two guy. Um, he struggled early. Um, he, he actually hit two guys. Like, uh in the first two innings, they, the the Nationals scored three runs like early, but then he did recover to finish six innings. Um, I'll say this: so so far in this series, uh, all four starting pitchers, uh, two for both teams, they've all gone exactly six innings. In the rest of the playoffs, only three out of the twelve games has the the starter pitched six innings. So like this is a starting pitching heavy series, um, and it's show it's showing like. And so like that said, I know, you know, like Kershaw, he had a 450 ERA, right? Like that's the bottom line. So it wasn't very good. But the fact that he got through six after the bad start was like positive and it helped. Um, and but, um, yeah, it was just weird. I, I'll say this. Uh, I, I didn't see the whole thing about tipping pitches. I think there was a thing where I think that the, the TBS broadcast picked it up or something. They showed something in the dugout. Um, where the Nationals seemed to be picking up what Kershaw was throwing, he went away from the fastball uh, early and started throwing more breaking balls later and was more effective. So maybe that was part of it. But uh, during the postgame uh, presser, Trey Turn- someone asked Trey Turner about this. Like, did you were you able to pick something up off Kershaw? And he had like the most like terse answer ever. He's just like, no. It was just you know normally people, the players will like expand expand on stuff and talk about it, he's just no so like to me that I mean look I, I don't want to put words in somebody's mouth but that's a clear yes like <laughs> <laughs> uh, so and they're they're obviously not going to say much about it but this brings up another thing like like tipping pitches is one thing you still have to make effective pitches even if they know what's coming like and you could still be effective and Kershaw kind of showed that. Like, uh, this came up a lot when, when Hugh Darvish was terrible in the 2017 World Series. And, like, they um, the Astros picked him up. Uh, they, were t- they were picking up his pitches, but he was also bad, like, command-wise, and it really hurt him. Um, so, like, it's not that he would have been dominant necessarily because they were, knew what's coming, but you could still be effective. And baseball is not like a, some sort of video game where you just select. If you select the right pitch, it's automatic <laughs> home run something but like so yeah i don't know but like yeah kershaw was sort of effective um after that but like you know again it comes down to like what if what if the stars you know did well like bueller did well kershaw didn't you know he was effective but okay bellinger didn't do well seager didn't do well uh and they're still one one so like at some point you got to rely on these guys to actually do something
1: Speaking of a, a guy they have to rely on, the so Bueller, Bueller certainly deserving of Game 1 Start. We talked about that. It wouldn't have surprised us. But I think ultimately the decision laid on, Hyunjin Ryu has looked tired. Giving him extra rest has proved a an effective strategy to battle that in September. This both um, keeps him on only pitching one game this series and gives him the longest rest into play, pitching uh, Game 3. He has to come through.
0: Yes, uh, and th- that's the other thing. Like, so while while the Nationals probably have Scherzer in Game Three, the Dodgers have Ryu, who was their best pitcher all year. Like, um, so like that's a good sign. And then a lot of people like the criticisms of this move of of like not pushing Kershaw in Game Three. Yeah, a lot uh, of people have, like
1: looked at home and road splits and and like lefty righty stuff, and it's like, look, the your first three starters were going to be these three guys. There's no way around that. Uh, There's a little bit of who could could in theory be more effective out of the bullpen, probably Kershaw in that role, but I think ultimately it it, um, laid on how much rest they wanted to get Ryu.
0: Yeah, like so he looked gassed in those four starts where he was bad, including the the back to back seven run games one against the Yankees, Um, and like I don't know, he had so they skipped him once, he came back into the rotation. And then his last three starts were all seven innings, really good. Uh, it was on nine days rest, seven days rest, and five days rest. And then that his next start on Sunday is going to be on seven days rest. So I think they, they're they trying to just sort of keep that going rest-wise. Also, you're right about the home and road. Like Ryu was better at home. He was also better on the road of the three. Like so having him go on the road, like he'll be fine. Like I, I don't think – it's not like – um, any one of the three would be like, man, we have to get this guy in the right stadium, otherwise we're screwed, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like a couple of years ago they they had where they didn't like um, Rich Hill like pitching in either Arizona or Colorado, uh, mostly because of his curveball and like or not being getting the break he wanted and stuff. So they tried to avoid that. This is not that situation. Um, so yeah, the, the, I don't. So the home road split's not a big thing. Um. Like they have their best road starter going in their first road game, so that's fine. Um, the other thing that sort of made Kershaw pretty obvious for Game Two is that they're never going to pitch Ryu in relief, um, so you're never going to see the him coming in and pitching a set up eighth inning like Scherzer did. The one guy, or they would do Bueller if they had to, uh, but they they would definitely do Kershaw, and they, that's part of the reason they had him. Sort of do that that Sunday, uh, the last day of the regular season. Um, and it's more likely that Kershaw would be available in relief in game, uh, I guess, five is probably the best bet uh, if, he, if he pitched game two, like rather than the day after, like, or, or like a couple days after of game three. Like, I guess they want him available in relief at some point in four or five. And if he pitched game three, that's not going to happen. And so him pitching game two, there's going to be at least two days rest before game four and four days rest to game five. So they're going to have Bueller in game five, if it goes to game five. And then if, if they don't have to use Kershaw ahead of that, they could have a, like an extended Kershaw if they had to, like, so you could go Bueller for five and Kershaw for three or something like that. Uh, But yeah, obviously it depends on how they're pitching, but that's, I think that's what they're setting up for. Whereas Ryu, they don't. He's he's more. Uh, he has, has he just doesn't like pitching out of the pen. He's not effective doing it, and so that's they're just going to keep him starting. And so that that means game three.
1: Well, let's wind things down a little bit. Uh, we don't have questions from Craig for this playoff edition. That said, I'm gonna I'm gonna get some I'm gonna text him, get some questions for him, regardless of why you and I talk uh, next, Eric. Whether that be really really sad news or a game five preview or a LCS preview, we will have some questions from Craig. But let's talk about just some of the our favorite moments. Uh, even though game two was a loss and kind of a heartbreaking loss, it had some really good moments. And obviously, in a six to zero win, you're gonna have a lot of good moments there.
0: Yeah, so in that the the two big moments there, well, Muncy had that we talked about this earlier, the sort of the break open single that um, like may, went from a two nothing game to a four nothing game, and you're like, okay, this this game's kind of in the bag at this point.
1: Can I just uh, the, I, it was at that single I texted a friend of mine a it's funny the storyline gets played up a little bit more in national games, and I think it's kind of gone by the wayside this season. How happy I am that M- Max Muncy is real. After that right. last season, we, we, in our season preview, we talked about it. Was this real? Was this a fluke? And the, the truth of the matter mm-hmm. is that Max Muncie is a damn good baseball player.
0: Right. And he, he basically put up like the same season as last year. Like, like okay. While playing this is... much
1: better defense. Like, I know he's still, right. like, you wouldn't call him a defensive star, but whereas he was a liability at second last season, I was, he was fine this season.
0: Right. Right. and Like, they do a great job of like, um, you know positioning everybody and and like we talked about they shipped a lot but like having him just being capable like out there and like positive is a way better than expected right like so yeah he's been good and like a very reliable and good hitter in the lineup Hits both righties and lefties his home run in Does game it, two like
1: his st- bad, like when you like all baseball players go through bad streaks his bad streaks are never that bad like just what an impressive
0: job Yeah, very, very, and it's, like, a good story, too, because, like, he was basically a journeyman minor leaguer, and, like, he sort of revamped his swing, worked hard, he got it. Um, The other two, like, home run-type things were, Jock's home run was insane, because he hit, it like, it was 115 miles an hour, and it, like, it clanged off the foul pole, you know, like, um, man, he hit that so hard.
1: And after two, two foul balls, really, like, one that, you know, went behind the screen and almost left the stadium behind Dodger stadium. Um, and then other, that was a rocket kind of right into the left field, uh, section, third base section.
0: It, that the one that he pulled was like, that is an impossible angle. Like it's <laughs> almost, it's almost, I don't know how he did that. Like that was that, that almost broke physics, like basically. But then, um, Gavin Lux, he hit a home run in his, he didn't start game one cause they started the lefty Corbin. Um, and they had, uh, I guess, Lux was in the batting cage. Um, and they had Beatty standing on deck um, t- to hit for the pitcher. No, man, don't remind me.
1: My, my prediction for the first pinch it. Oh, uh, right.
0: Hit. <laughs> That's right. And then um, so uh, at some point, like, they go, hey, uh, you're going to bat. And so he like, oh, okay. And then, like, he basically ran from the cage to the dugout. And, like, Beatty was a decoy. And they brought Lux up and then he absolutely hammered a ball too uh, for a home run. And then like uh, the guy, I guess the guy who um, uh, caught it, like he got, he like bounced and went into a trash can in the pavilion. And like, and then Lux was like, did you go dumpster diving? (laughs) Like he said. (laughs) that. And uh, uh, we actually saw this like, because we're waiting to go into the clubhouse post game and like Lux and like, some of the Dodgers PR people and the guy were like sitting there and they were talking. It was pretty cool. It was a nice little moment. But then the next day Lux was talking about it. And he said, um, I think Bill Plaschke asked him about if he knew much about 1988. And, uh, he said, he, he, he didn't know much, but like he knew about like Kurt Gibson, obviously. And he did like the fist pump thing. And then uh, Plaschke goes, do you know who he hit the home runoff of? And he's like, wait, and he's like, uh, and then he, he couldn't think of, it. he goes, okay, tell me. He goes, Dennis Eckler's he goes all oh, right. The mustache—it <laughs> was like the perfect answer. It's so good. Um, so that was really good. And then the other, the other thing that sort of stood out to me. Um, we okay. So uh, Adam Calerick, right? He, he has a very specific role in this series, and it's—he's going to face Juan Soto at some point in a key moment. He struck him out on three pitches in Game One, and then he had a nine-pitch at bat in the in game two so that it was like uh like and he got a ground out out of it but like that those are fun uh, he has a very specific role lefty he's a loogie and uh he's been used to that uh extent so that that's been kind of a fun little matchup
1: and then my favorite part Mitch is I, this has been a lot of fun especially on text messaging and twitter and on friend is anytime we actually get to the Nationals bullpen cuz boy right. is that a cavalcade of of iffy, iffy suspects in the bullpen
0: yeah so like uh just a quick rundown um oh of course i was looking at the wrong team there um the nationals have allowed eight runs yeah three runs in uh in let's say 13 innings from their starters because Scherzer is a starter he happened to pitch in relief and then in the other four innings, the Dodgers have five runs. So, th- that said, like, those two rocket home runs by Jock and Gavin Lux were off Hunter Strickland. They're, I don't think we'll see Hunter Strickland again in the series. Like, we might, if, if it's like a blowout game or something, like in a meaningful inning. Like, and that even that, they were down 4-0. So, it's going to be a stretch to see him again. So, like, they still – there's guys – they did hit – he hit the home run off Doolittle, and he's uh, one of their best relievers. Daniel Hudson, who is – like really up and down last year for the Dodgers. Um, that was an up and down ninth. <laughs> yeah, and like
1: one good swing of the bat away from a tie game.
0: And like those are their two best relievers. So like if you can get to those guys, like you have a they have a pretty good shot. But yeah, so now it's a best of three. The next two, it's not guaranteed that there will be another game at Dodger Stadium this year. So uh, they're sort of playing for that uh, the next couple of days. But uh, yeah, it's been uh, a so fun series. Before yeah, we see. sign
1: off, prediction
0: pain um <laughs> let's i always do it um do i it. think we're I, I think we're coming back for game five
1: okay uh i i there will be another game at dodger stadium but it won't be game five there you go
0: well all right well yeah that's it and we'll uh we're gonna do uh, as many of these little shorties as we can uh, whenever we have time during the postseason so thanks for listening everybody and we'll see you